Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Exploring Boys Education. Produced by the International Boys Schools Coalition, this podcast seeks to explore issues that are relevant for boys, boys schools, and teachers and parents of boys. I'm Bruce Collins. In episode four of the second season of Exploring Boys Education, Tim Jarvis from Michael House in South Africa discussed the essential role pastoral care plays in boys schools. He offered insights into the challenges presented in caring for boys, social and emotional warning signals boys might show, vulnerability in boys, and the importance of advisory and tutor groups in boys schools. In this episode, we continue this conversation with colleagues from Prince Alfred College in Australia with a focus on enabling boys to flourish and the connection between the pastoral care of boys and character development. Before I speak with Bradley Fenner, Greg Atterton and John Stewart, however, I'm joined again by my colleague Amy Ahart for the IBSC Newsreel. Thank you, Bruce. And hello, listeners. Season two of Exploring Boys Education is wrapping up soon, and we're very busy planning another year of professional development opportunities for teachers and leaders in boys' schools around the world. On August 24 and 25, we'll be hosting IBSC Wired to Connect, Relational Teaching for Boys with Crescent School in Canada. Join Michael Riker and a panel of leading boys' school educators for two workshops on relational teaching based on research conducted with IBSC schools. Both sessions will contextualize relational teaching strategies and the post-COVID-19 teaching environment, and will also include facilitated breakout discussions with fellow participants. For boys' schools in the Northern Hemisphere, this opportunity will be a great way to kickstart the new school year, and schools from all of our regions are welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at www.ibsc.org. Our next set of online classes start on October 18, when we'll be hosting Boys and Belonging, Creating Inclusive and Affirming Schools for Boys, and Single Gender Education, a course for teachers new to boys' schools. We'd encourage you to visit the professional development page on our website regularly to keep up to date with the opportunities for growth and learning we will be offering in the months ahead. For now, though, back to you, Bruce. I'm looking forward to hearing from Bradley Fenner and his colleagues as they share about their integrated pastoral care program at Prince Alfred College in Australia. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. It's wonderful to be speaking to Australian colleagues from Prince Alfred College in Adelaide today about enabling boys to flourish. With me, I have Headmaster Bradley Fenner. Also, I have Greg Atterton, who is the Head of Secondary School and Deputy Headmaster at Prince Alfred College. And we're also joined by John Stewart, head of the preparatory school. Um, it's wonderful to have you all on uh, the podcast today. Welcome. We're going to start with you, Brad, um, and talk a little bit about just your philosophy um, and approach to pastoral care. And it's interesting to me, as I've looked at your pastoral care program, it seems to be closely linked to the responsibility you feel to nurture the unique qualities of each boy and the development of young men of character and I'd like to explore as we start this connection between pastoral care and character development, because that seemed to me to be quite a unique approach. Um, how does Prince Alfred College frame their philosophy of pastoral care? Thanks, Bruce. Well, I think the first thing I want to say is that um, our approach to pastoral care is, is aspirational uh, in nature. 
we've got a focus on the development of character. We hold up to the boys the, the image and the model of the prince's man, uh, and that is what we aspire to. And the prince's man is, is an all-rounder. The prince's man is a, is a committed individual who is thoughtful and who's compassionate uh, and who does everything to the very best of their abilities. And that would be quite familiar, I think, across a, a lot of our schools. We summarise. We summarise it in the very simple slogan, work hard, be kind. So work hard. Whatever you do, you give 100%. Never half-hearted. You commit yourself fully, and that's how you get the best out of it. And be kind, of course, refers to how we interact with others, both those within our community, within our families, those around us, but also the wider community as well, that we are compassionate and thoughtful and we focus on, on others and service uh, rather than focusing on self. So that, is the, that underpins all that we do and that, that is the case right across, uh, right across the school. And we have a, a taught pastoral curriculum that we follow throughout the school which is aimed very much at developing those positive character traits. The word belonging has come up a lot in conversations with boys' schools recently, and and I'm wondering to what extent this notion of belonging at your school um, plays a, a role in your approach to enabling boys to flourish. Yes, I think it's what we're trying to do there is to capitalise on what, what boys naturally do. Um, they love to belong. They, they're, they're quite tribal in their approach. Uh, they love to, to uh, feel part of something. They love to belong to something. Uh, they love to support their, their mates. And so we're trying to turn that into a positive. We know that at times that that, that power of the group um, can have negative aspects, and we, we all know about what negative peer pressure can do, but we try to channel that in a, in a very positive way. So, but they're belonging to something which, which means something. They're belonging to an institution that has values, uh, and which also has expectations. And generally, they, they respond to that very positively. And that's why in our schools, so often, um, long after they've left school, they still feel, feel a strong affiliation and belonging. And we can see that emerging in positive ways. And what, what we want to encourage is that it does continue with them after they leave school. And there'll still be that loyalty to one another and support for one another when they might go through difficult periods in their lives, as, as they will all do. And, and I've seen a number of examples of this recently, even with my, my son, who's an old scholar, uh, and the way that they do look out for one another and they do stick up for their mates and occasionally might have be prepared to have a hard discussion with a mate who, uh, who needs a bit, of, a bit of positive support and direction. You know, it seems that one of the important principles of this work at your school is that it's embedded into all you do, that it's not a standalone um, separate program, but there's there's an integrated approach. Why is this important to, to you as a school? Yeah, Bruce, I think it's, it's really important to, to understand that we shouldn't be treating pastoral care or character development as the role of a particular teacher in their work, say, as a, as a tutor to a small group of boys. Uh, yes, we'll have the programs that we deliver through that model. But what is important is that it is an holistic commitment from all of our staff to continue to encourage and guide and direct our students uh, in, in the right ways so that we've got, we've got a sense of our shared values that, that we do promote. I don't think you can put pastoral care in a box. Uh, I don't think that it can be the province of any one individual. And even though you might have a designated individual who's got a specific responsibility for an individual student, we all know that boys will find their pastoral care where they will. And it might be the, 
French teacher or it might be the football coach or it might be someone else who they connect with uh, and who needs to be committed to providing the advice and, and direction which they will all need at times. So, John and Greg, I'd like to launch into some of the practicalities of, of what pastoral care looks like in, in your spaces. And, John, we're, we're going to start with you as, as the head of the preparatory school. You know, what principles and, and thoughts guide your approach to pastoral care, well-being, and character development in, in the prep school? I think a, a key thing for us is the environment that we create for our boys. You know, it needs to be nurturing and a safe place for them to feel and to be and to make mistakes in. Uh, it is part of their learning. Uh, they are learning how to be young men and to be and making mistakes along that journey is going to be part of it. Like any type of learning that they would do, uh, they're going to make mistakes, learn from those mistakes and make improvements. So we want to make it a place where they feel safe that they can do those sort of things. I think our ethos is one where, uh, like Bradley said, where we expect the boys to think about what it means to be a prince's man, those important qualities that uh, exist in that in that program things we believe in that are important for our students to aspire to be and work towards achieving as they, as they go through the school. Um, we talk about those a lot. So they're, they're in our diaries, we talk about them in assemblies. The boys, our leaders who do speeches, talk, refer to those, those qualities in, uh, in, the, in their talks to our students. Um, and I think it's important that we revisit that a lot with our students and they understand it uh, and they try to emulate it and do those sort of things as they go through the school. Uh, our overall pastoral care program, it is very much an extension to our teaching and learning program. As we have the youngest boys in the school, we're trying to guide them and teach them and help them to learn about how to be good boys, uh, good people, and eventually good men when they when they become older in our school, when they eventually leave the college and move on to different things. So for our school, it's very much a place where our boys feel at home. Uh, new boys feel very welcome when they come in and become part of our community. And it's, I think it's an environment where we allow boys to take risks, uh, to explore a range of experiences uh, from the academic, creative, cultural to the sporting, and to grow from that. And I think that's all part of what we try to do here in terms of our pastoral program. Greg, I'm sure there's some, some overlap there. You know, you work more with older students mm-hmm. or more closely with older students in the high school. You know, what are some of the guiding principles for this work in, in your space? Yeah, I think, firstly, nothing's more important than the relationships that we build with our boys. Uh, if we are able to meet their pastoral and wellbeing needs, then we need to know our students and know them well. Um, I also think that if we're genuine in our commitment uh, to pastoral care, then we need to treat uh, the time that we devote to pastoral care uh, equally to that of core business of, of teaching and learning uh, and to co-curricular as well. And so for us, it's very much uh, a tripartite approach, uh, looking at partial academic and the co-curricular needs of our students. Um, so I think that's a, a critical component for us. Also, having a taught partial program, our Prince's Man program provides our young men with a modern values education that develops character. So we follow a model that accepts that young men can be taught knowledge about values and virtues and that doing the right thing in any given situation can be caught by the influence of positive role models, whether that be by staff or through a specific mentoring or coaching program. So, Greg, I want to stay with you. It seems to me like your school has a proactive approach and open culture towards student health and and welfare, and I think this is a a big topic in boys' schools at the moment about boys' well-being. What is the positive impact you've seen of having a, an intentional approach 
towards student health and welfare in the lives of, of older boys in the high school? Yeah, this has been an emerging area for us in the sense that we use AS tracking, uh, a social emotional uh, pastoral profiling tool that allows us to form proactive plans around our students. That pastoral data has been key in identifying students who have challenges, but who are skillful in masking those challenges. Uh, so for instance, the data provides us with the ability to see if students are over-regulating and potentially facing burnout. Uh, this is critical uh, in a school like PAC where we have young men striving to achieve very high levels, whether it be in sport or in curricula, who are looking at professions like medicine or law. So the data really allows us to put in place strategies that support our young men and prepare and educate them around things like stress management, healthy eating, uh, social interactive skills, those such things. So, John, I'm, I'm fascinated by how this, um, this lands in a prep school. Um, and, and what would you advise teachers of boys uh, from around the world who are in a prep school environment as they think about recognizing the potential of each boy? Because that seems to me to be a key part of this conversation. Um, and and I, I assume that at, at a prep school, that's the best place for the, that potential to, for us to start recognizing that potential so boys feel that they can fully grow into, into who they are becoming. I think that falls on uh, nicely from what comment that Greg made about uh, the opportunities and, and giving those to our boys and the students in the school. As we know, every boy is quite different and unique. Um, I really believe that we need to give them a range of opportunities and, and opportunities to thrive and to experience different things as they go through the school. And we do try hard to know the boy um, and provide programs that's going to meet his needs and support him and extend him as required. And I think getting that balance right also contributes greatly to their well-being at school. We have students who are struggling with aspects of the learning and we're not there to support them and pick them up. Uh, boys that may be finding it, uh, that can enjoy the challenge of doing things a bit more uh, at a higher level, we need to offer that as well and, and make sure we pitch it right in the middle. So I think the quality of a teaching learning program is very much a part of your pastoral care program. If you get that wrong, you can have all kinds of issues that you have to address along the way. Um, we work, work hard to enrich the program that we offer our boys. Um, we have a lot of sporting opportunities, but we do a lot of other things particularly well, I believe, that we... Uh, our music and our drama programs are strong to give those boys who have that as an interest those opportunities to, to shine. Uh, we have strong art programs. We have uh, strong uh, robotics and other programs like that that gives those boys an opportunity to do something that um, they can really sink their teeth into and express themselves in different ways as they go through their learning. Um, because we are at the beginning of their journey, we have a duty to make sure we... we we touch a lot of different bases because they're still learning about themselves and they still have a lot of things that they, they're trying to understand about how they're developing and how they're growing and how they're making relationships. Uh, so we, we try to explore all the different aspects of their journey at that, at this age and help them along that way with where they're going to find a few challenges that may not have things uh, not have gone as well they would have, as they would have liked and help them to develop some resiliency along the way. And so they can regroup and, and face those challenges in a more effective way the next time they encounter them. So, John, we'll start with you again, but what are, what are some of the pastoral care programs that are being implemented? And I understand your integrated approach, but what are some of the, the programs that you're, you're seeing really as successful um, in, in the prep school environment? 
we've got a, a fair number that we run in our school. We, we do try to integrate them into our well-being program. Uh, so we don't go to the boys and say, well, now we're going to do this program now, but we do try to uh, integrate them in effectively. Uh, we run one that has mentioned by Bradley and also by, uh, by Greg, the, the Prince's Man program does begin down here in, in the prep school. Uh, we're exploring that with the boys as we go through, and it's important that they learn what that means. Uh, and we do make uh, we do talk about that a lot with our boys in many different forums. Um, we run a program here called Friendly Schools Plus, which is uh, developed here in Australia. Uh, it actually comes out of WA, Western Australia, and it's an anti-bullying program that talks gives those boys the strategies how to deal with those challenges that may face them, how to. If you're a bystander or a friend of somebody who's facing those challenges, how to deal with that. So it's a really uh, effective program for personal development and building those strengths in a, a child and also in, in the community to address that kind of conduct. Uh, South Australia has a very strong keeping safe curriculum that we run in our school, which is uh, all about how to uh, teaching children how to keep themselves safe in many different situations, whether it be online, uh, whether it be in different uh, interactions with other people. And it starts right down from reception where you're teaching the children how to have a personal space, how to the proper way to conduct themselves with each other, what's the right kind of touching and not kind of and inappropriate touching. Uh, and it, it links well into what we do with the boys as they get older, especially when they get into secondary school. It, it fits in there quite well. As most schools do, we have a, a strong cyber safety program here. We're teaching those beginning skills at a young age and teaching the parents as well. And then we also have our growth and development sessions where we're look, working with our children on um, uh, their physical development, uh, their their sexual maturity as they move through uh, in the in the top of the prep school, and the things they can expect along that way as their bodies are changing and they're and they're maturing. And we're also supported by a strong teaching teaching uh, cohort that works well with those boys, and also have the benefit of a school counselor who works with our students and helps them when they face particular challenges along the way. A strong academic support team that's there to support those boys who need help in, in many different ways, as well as our, our school, uh, our Reverend Mark, uh, who works with the boys, uh, not only in spiritual ways, but also when they're facing other challenges as well. So I, I think we have a pretty good balance across our, our prep school in terms of the, the type of programs and the aspects we're trying to target as we support those boys as they learn. Greg, I suppose some of the programs that start in the prep school um, are, are continued uh, in, in your division as boys uh, – step into high school. Yeah, what are some of the successful pastoral care programs that you're seeing, you know, um, in the secondary school um, from which other boys' schools might learn? Well, leading on from what John uh, has just mentioned, we've just put in place a more detailed program around relationships. Uh, our older boys have undergone a series of workshops and tutorial activities uh, with the assistance of Dr. Tessa Opie, uh, an expert in this field. Um, and this has certainly provided a modern context for things like uh, consent, inclusivity, uh, and gender-neutral language. So boys are learning how to be more inclusive uh, and respectful citizens, which is obviously very important to us. This also dovetails well with our approach to things like cultural awareness, drugs and alcohol awareness, sleep, nutrition, and those important values uh, that are tied back to our program. So it's about giving each boy an idea of what it means to be a modern global citizen so that he is equipped to navigate a life beyond school successfully and more importantly, he can do with that, um, he can do that with sensitivity and a respect for others. So I think that's that's been critical, uh, a critical part of our program. 
Brad, I'd like to explore with you the importance of engaging with parents. Um, and I noticed on your website that, that PAC seems to focus on bringing parents into this conversation, especially when it comes to well-being issues. Um, how important is it for your school to partner with parents on pastoral care and character education? Look, I think it's of prime importance, Bruce, uh, that the, the school and home are aligned on these things. Fortunately, most of the parents who choose our school for their son have gone through a, a lengthy and thorough process in selecting the right school for their child, which means that there will be a, a, an underlying basis, uh, a sharing of values and alignment of, of what they're seeking and, and what they believe in as well. And I think that's one thing that, that helps us greatly. We certainly see it as our responsibility uh, to, um, to provide opportunities, uh, getting in experts from elsewhere, as well as some of our own people, just to talk about what we're doing with the boys so that they can see that we are, um, so that we are on the same page, uh, but also to provide opportunities for, for developing their understanding. As we all know, there's a lot of progress that's been made recently around boys' development and around boys' education, and I think we've all got plenty to learn in that regard. Um, but we found we, we run what we what we call master classes for, for parents, uh, with experts in various fields coming in to talk about what's happening with their sons and to provide some advice. And I think I'd have to say, increasingly over the years, um, I've encountered more parents who are seeking assistance and guidance, not necessarily because they're not coping, although that sometimes that is the case, but just so that they can do a better job. Because I think increasingly we take parents are taking the role of parenting very seriously and, and can see this as an area that they can improve as in any other area of their lives. So um, we, we think that shared experience uh, and communicating with our parents about what we're doing in that regard is a very important part of the education process. John and Greg, I, um, I think one of the things that um, is, is really great about PAC is that you go right through from reception to year 12, so you get this sort of whole school approach where you're able to look strategically at a boy's development from that reception year right through to year 12. How, how do the two of you or your two divisions work together um, in terms of understanding um, the process of character development and pastoral care right from prep through to, to secondary school? We try to work as closely together as we can. You know, the, realist, the reality is that uh, it's a big school and there's a lot of different things happening over the course of a day and a week in the year, but we try to make sure that the messages we're sending to the boys and the programs we run uh, join up and uh, to work towards that same goal that we're trying to, was developing that 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 very good man at the end of his journey through our school. So we've got, uh, Greg chairs it, we, can tell, we have a working party. We're looking at our, our pastoral care program across the school. Uh, there are differences, uh, not significant, but there are differences between our schools, driven mainly by the age of the boys we're working with, and that's taken into account. But our goals in terms of what we're trying to achieve are the same. So um, the differences will be mainly in how we deliver those programs, what the content will be at the, at the age of the child. Um, but we want to make sure that when, especially those key transition points in our, in our school, that we get those messages right and, we're, and the boys are, are ready for that, what is next uh, in terms of their learning and their developing as a person. Um, so that's a key part of it, that, that communication and making sure that we have it joined up across the school is important for me and for us. Yeah, just adding to that, I think it's vital uh, that we share a consistent approach to pastoral care and well-being across the school. Um, we know that 
a program that carefully caters for the age and stage of learner is likely to be more successful uh, when that uh, is shared across the school and is understood by every, every staff member, uh, everyone working within our school uh, to support our, our boys as they, they move across the year levels. I think uh, it's a challenge uh, to develop a, a common language. Um, that's not always easy. Um, and as John mentioned, uh, there's not always the time to catch up as much as we would like. Um, but certainly we're strategic uh, in providing opportunities for our staff to get together, uh, to share practice uh, and to talk regularly about the pastoral needs of our students, whether it be individually uh, or whether it be as cohorts as they move through the school and those transition points um, from prep into middle school um, is, a, is a wonderful opportunity for us to strengthen uh, the ties between the prep and, and the secondary school uh, and ensure that um, our students are well prepared uh, for that, that next phase of their school. I'm really getting the picture as I speak to you all that, that there's an intentionality in, in, in building these programs, that there's a real strategic focus that... Um, you know, it, you can't just let programs like this run their, their course. You need to think very carefully and deeply about this. And Brad, I was wondering if you had any advice for schools as they think about this work. Um, how, how can boys' schools think strategically about bu building dedicated pastoral teams whose role is to focus on the well-being and character development of boys? Well, if I go back to the beginning, Bruce, I think the most important thing is employing good people. Uh, employing people of character who will be excellent role models and will be fully committed to the boys who are in their care. And we can all look back and see those wonderful teachers that we had when we were at school who had an impact on us not just for what they taught us but for the way that they conducted themselves and for, the, for their principles uh, and, and the values that they, they espoused as well. And that, of course, is, is the best kind of teacher. So I think... For the first, right from the start, you've just got to get the right, the right people in there. I think that you do need a, um, you need a matrix. Pastoral care is not simple. As I said earlier, um, the boys will find the pastoral care where they will, and you can't be too rigid about it either. You can't say, well, this person is responsible for the pastoral care of that boy, and they are the only ones uh, who, who have responsibility. Anything like that which encourage, encourages a proprietary attitude uh, amongst amongst the staff and too much rigidity is not going to work either. You've got to have a matrix. You've got to have people who are connecting with the boys in different ways just to offer that, that consistent pastoral care uh, that, that they will need throughout their, um, uh, throughout their time there. I, I do think that having that underpinning philosophy, that having that, that focus as we have with the Prince's Man program is really important um, strategically. You've got to work out exactly what it is that you are trying to achieve, what the, what the values are that you are seeking to inculcate and then develop the programs uh, within that framework. There has to be a, a, a coherence to it and it has to align with, with what you do. And, of course, uh, schools like ours uh, can't be promoting values without living them as well. We have to ensure that there is, is coherence in the way that we operate because that, that is how we will be judged as well. Um, but if we are fully committed to the boys and we have the staffing and the systems and structures in place, then I think that uh, there, there is every, every likelihood of getting the best possible outcome. 
Thanks so much, all three of you. This has been a fascinating conversation, and I know people who are listening to this are going to really benefit from your insights. And I'm wondering if, you know, as we close, maybe each of you could share one helpful nugget, one helpful insight that you've learned as you've been part of this work about pastoral care in boys' schools, just as a, as a closing thought. Yeah, I think um, over the journey, you know, when we look at, at partial care programs and meeting the needs of our, of our students, we often quite rightly design our partial care programs uh, to support our students as they journey through the school and then, and then shortly after, whether it be into tertiary education or into, into the workforce or whatever they choose to do. But we often don't think about how we will continue to support uh, our students when they move into their 20s, 30s and, and, and 40s. And, you know, there's a real opportunity here, I think, for schools, um, especially schools uh, like ours, uh, where we have a strong connection with our, our old scholars how we might continue to provide uh, opportunities to uh, bring uh, old scholars together uh, and continue to support them as they move through various points in their life. So I think um, we do it well uh, in other aspects of connecting or maintaining connections uh, with our students when they go beyond the school. Um, But I think there's a real opportunity here um, through a, a partial care program uh, that might support um, our our old scholars um, out of after they've left after they've left the school um, yeah I looking at the other end of the development back with with the younger boys um, a key point is the boys grow up in our school we need to help them learn the important understandings and, and skills and messages that go along with uh, growing up uh, at the same time we need to acknowledge that learning is about making mistakes and that the boys will make mistakes. And that's an important part of that journey. Uh, our role is to work with families, help the boys to learn from those mistakes and to make uh, the lessons we teach them so they can become uh, good, kind, caring men when they grow up. I think that's really what our, our, our role is. From my perspective, I think uh, I would just want to point out that what we're doing pastorally is, is a long-term project. And the, the benefits and the outcomes will, in many cases, only be seen somewhere down the track, picking up on the point that Greg made. And that has certainly come home to me on a number of occasions. I recall once bumping into the old, an old boy at the school that I was at. He was quite a few years out of school, and uh, he'd been a boarder there. And I asked him who his housemaster was, and he told me. And I said, well, so how did you get on with your housemaster? And the, the fellow said, terrible. He said, we fought like cat and dog all the way through. And he said, and you know, looking back on it now, he was right. So quite often it's only with, uh, with maturity that you come to understand some of the lessons that people were, were trying to teach you. Um, I've certainly, I'm just now getting near the end of my career, but I have been contacted a couple of times recently by students who have talked about their, um, uh, the experiences that they had and were very appreciative and that they, again, in their maturity, could see the benefit of the lessons and these are now the values that, that they live by. And that is why it is so important that we are values driven in all that we do. Brad, John and Greg, we are grateful for your insights and inputs. Prince Alfred College is a valued member of IBSC and um, I know you're always willing to contribute. And this is another example, just giving of your time and sharing of your expertise. So we're grateful and I know our listeners will be grateful as they 
learn from each of you um, and and your insights and thoughts. So thank you for being uh, with us today. We we appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Bruce. All the best. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Clearly, as Prince Alfred College embody, quality pastoral care is a fundamental part of boys' school's responsibility to nurture the unique qualities of each boy. Following this conversation, a number of highlights resonate with me. Firstly, pastoral care should be embedded in all we do. And also, strong pastoral care is marked by intentionality. Dedicated teachers and pastoral care teams are important, as is the partnership we have with parents of boys. I trust you've been challenged and inspired by this conversation as you work with boys in your own context. Until our next episode, keep safe and keep well.